and welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I'm your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions. And today's question is, what's going on with this? I, 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 this isn't what I, Ben Kay, sound like. I don't, why do I have a craving to make uh, jokes about drinking and smoking weed and like the deep state and communism and stuff all of a sudden? That's, that's not me. As always, we're here with our producer, Bran. Hello. There are puppets <laughs> behind me and I don't like it. I like puppets. I, I, the voice of Bran Moorhead likes puppets. Ben, I will ben, 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 listen. I don't like this as much as you do. We got to switch back. I, I miss my cat. I miss, I miss, I miss my, my plants. I know. Yeah, you don't have a cat, Ben. I mean, uh, I miss my right. puppet cat. My you cat puppet. <laughs> I bet there's I one of those just... behind me I... as I look around. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, all right. How do we? How do we do this? Uh, I wish I could switch bodies. Do actually, we have to say I actually that? just like... think there's a function in Zoom. I was doing some research earlier, and I believe if we just if you click oh. share screen three times. Oh. All right. Uh, we do that, one, two, three. We find the other share screen button instead of the normal one. It's like it's twin, you know? The share screen button was passed down from my dead dad. Ben, your dad is not dead. Well, now, yeah, we're on like three layers deep now. We're like in the movie and the musical, and we're having a freaky, well, it's Wednesday here. Freaky Wednesday. In Chicago, America. All right, let's switch back. One, All right, two, one, two, three. three. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, thank goodness. I have a, a British accent again. Um, <laughs> well, that worked out great. Um, as you've already figured out, I'm back. It's me, actually, Ben K. Brand Moorhead is actually producer editor Brand Moorhead's. And today we are talking about the Freaky Friday franchise, specifically 1976's Freaky Friday, directed by Gary Nelson, and 2003's Freaky Friday, directed by Mark Waters. Both films subsequently adapted into the stage musical Freaky Friday in 2016, with a book by Bridget Carpenter, music by Tom Kitt, lyrics by Brian Yorkie. Um... Our guest today has been uh, terrifyingly silent throughout that whole dumb <laughs> bit that we started the episode off with. And by dumb bit, I mean we, Brand and I actually did switch places. I just was in awe. I, I couldn't believe the magic that I was seeing in front of my very eyes. Yeah, Watching these I mean, two beautiful human beings switch places. My God, it really happened. Yeah. Everyone believe I, me. And we picked a new device. Uh, first of all, uh, Nina Starner, uh, triple threat, third time back on the pod. Woohoo! Thank you for having me. You've been here every season. Maybe yeah. we can. Uh, maybe we'll have you back on season four, but I don't know. If, Who knows? If you don't, my people <laughs> will call your people. Okay. And this time, uh, joining us from Gay Paris. Mm. Yes, yes. All the way across the pond. Seven hours ahead. Although, fun fact, it's still Wednesday here in uh, Paris, not USA. So don't worry. We're all having a freaky Wednesday. It's Well, you could say it's a wacky Wednesday if you really wanted to. Oh, I don't know if I want to take it that far. That's pretty extreme. I would say, based on my morning, I've sort of had a fuck you Wednesday is what it's felt like. (laughs) Oh, no. That's not Actually, like, kind of same, man. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's it's some. It's in the air. It's in the intercontinental yeah. air. I spent um, my Wednesday like morning just, dealing you know, with fr- yeah with French bureaucracy. So that's always a fuck you because it's like oh. the DMV. If everyone is meaner and it's scarier and no one speaks English and they hate you. So imagine so, if the DMV yeah. was much worse. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, it's very fun. Um, Nina, we're thrilled to have you back. Um, so we are taking. Uh, so of course we are still in our Disney season. We're nearing the end of the Disney season, and for the next two weeks, we're taking kind of a a regional tour on the season. Um, hmm. The preceding episodes have all been Disney shows that made it to Broadway. They got to the okay. to the Great White Way. And they opened on Broadway. But for the next two uh, episodes, we're talking about shows that Disney theatricals developed, but actually never opened on Broadway, let alone a New York production at all, for the most right. part. Right, Um, Which is kind of wild. So, yeah, this is a show that... And, of course, this one's wild also because it's obviously... It's not just... It's based on a franchise. It is based on an original uh, young adult novel written by the wonderful uh, Mary Rogers that she then adapted. She wrote the screenplay for that original 76 film. Uh, And then, of course, we'll hit on what I'm sure was a seminal film for all of our adolescent periods, uh, the 2003 film. And then... And what is actually really fascinating about Freaky Friday is... They keep changing it. Like, obviously, the core tenets of, like, a mother and daughter switch bodies is kept. And there are, like, very similar things that are kept. But the story is never the same. (laughs) Never. The names are never the same. The names are not the same. It's weird. So weird. Yeah. It jarred me every single time because I knew the plot of the 2003 one. I had not seen the original and I didn't know the musical existed. This is my second time not knowing that a musical existed before you approached me. Well, again, because this is one that was, yeah, it it was developed. It premiered at the uh, Arlington in Virginia at the Signature Theater. And then it played at La Jolla Playhouse on the West Mm -hmm. Coast. And then they pretty much just like took it right to license it it was just like right. all right here you go mti now and then they made a one-act version which aired on the disney channel as a made for tv movie yeah i watched uh, that whole thing and you owe me an hour and a half of my life back oh no. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get there yeah, um, we'll get yeah, there and, when we get there and 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 something else i discovered which we will also discuss is that this is a very big high school production because it's inexpensive yeah. and it's family friendly and uh, I have a story to share about that when the time is right. And it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a doozy. Well, let's start <laughs> off uh, way, way back in 1972 when a Oof. novel was written by Mary Rogers. Uh, Mary Rogers, of course, uh, is a wonderful author and composer in her own right. She's best known. Uh, for writing the music for... I'd say one of her best-known credits is writing the music for Once Upon a Mattress, if we all know that musical, Once Upon a Mattress. Um, Her father is Richard Rogers. um, Oh, that... Okay. You know, know, of of Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah. um, That guy... Um, so that is her, that's her father. But yeah, she, she, she was a wonderful musician, uh, and a wonderful writer. And I would say, yeah, this is, and then she wrote this novel for, for young, for young girls Hmm. in 1972 called Freaky Friday. Um, and it was very popular. And then four years later, it was adapted into a film, which she wrote the screenplay for. I would say that 
of the sort of the continuity from like uh, medium to medium, the film, the original 76 film bears more similarities to its 72 novel than like this does to like the 2003 film or the musical has a relation to anything. Like Got the it. names are the same in the novel and the 76 film. Um, it's interesting. The book really only follows, um, oh my gosh. Uh, so the, the, the mother, the daughter's Annabelle and the mother mm-hmm. is Ellen. Is that correct? Uh, yes, it's Ellen. So? Yes. Yeah. So the novel yes. mainly follows Annabelle in Ellen's body. Um, and then obviously you get both perspectives in the 76 film, um, where, but they never actually, mm-hmm. inter- so let's, yeah, let's talk about the 76 film, um, which is weird. It's a weird movie. I just want to yeah. say that off the bat. Um, it's got a real zany seventies energy to it. Um, it's, it, it, I don't know what, what, what do we want to start with? So it stars, it stars Jodie Foster and it stars Barbara Harris. Um, yes. as the titular um, women who get freaky. Um, yeah, again, that <laughs> the, is... The freaky that females, is, yeah. Yes, the freaky, uh, fe- <laughs> the freaky femmes. Because, um, yeah, that is across all of these adaptations from book to film to stage. It's always about a mother and daughter. And it's like, well, I'd like to... Uh, your life's so much easier than mine. Yeah. I, you should take a walk in my shoes. Um, well, and it's also... It's always when the daughter is a teenager. Um, which, yes. speaking as someone who was a teenage girl, we're huge bitches to our moms. What? Yeah, shocker. Uh, we're horrible to our moms. Like, I don't, if you've ever been a teenage girl at any point in your life, you were mean to your mom. It's a fact. Sorry. Other uh, femme presenting human beings. It's just it's it's the truth, and so it's the time of your life where you're like, God, she just doesn't understand me, and you just you irrationally despise mm-hmm. her, and so that's why each of these does have that angle, right, of being like, God, my mom's so tight. She was never young. She doesn't get it, and then the mom being like, Why can't my daughter just like shape up? Yeah, and it, so it it is a, the ideal time in in adolescence to set it. Like if they, she were slightly younger, slightly older, it would not work. No, I, I would agree with that. Nina, and Nina, so you, you had never seen this original film with Barbara Harris and Jodie Foster before. No, I had not. Uh, Bran, had you seen either of these films before? I certainly saw the 2003 one. Yes. Um, uh, I had seen, I feel like this, maybe I watched part of this movie when I was a kid. I just watched some clips from it this time. I didn't rewatch the whole thing. Sure. Um, but I knew it was. I knew Jodie Foster was in it, and that's about it. This, you know, what's really wild is this was her tenth film. What? Wild. She was fourteen when she made this, and this was her tenth movie. This is like two wow, years Jody. after Taxi Driver came out. No, this was brand was the same year. Brand, it's the same year. Wow. It no, came, it came. No, Taxi Driver came out in February of nineteen seventy six. Shut and up. This came out in December of nineteen seventy six. That's insane. Wow. It, it's I wonder really... if John Hinckley Jr. likes this movie, too. You know, like, I wonder if he was a big fan of this movie in the way he was of Taxi <laughs> We could We could ask him. I was going to say, somebody write a, someone write a letter. Yeah. Maybe oh if he God. was, he would have gone after Nancy instead of Ronald, you know? 
I am Freaky Friday fan. Nothing. Ooh, yeah. You are changing places with mom, (laughs) Jody. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. That's that's pretty great. That's going to be the best joke I make all episode. Uh, Um, This took a predictably and wonderfully dark turn, and we're like 10 minutes in. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Uh, But yeah, so so Jody Foster, Jody Foster. and I, I watched Taxi Driver for the first time semi-recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I watched it like last year. Um, hot take, good movie. Uh, Turns out. Whoa, spicy. I know. I know. I know. Look at me go. Hot take also, uh, she's like sort of amazing in it. I mean, not yes, sort of. She's, yeah. Her performance is yeah. excellent. Yes. She's yeah. yeah, that's like a 13, that's kind of what. Year old. She yeah, was talented like, directly out of the gate. Like yeah. there was 100%. no stopping Jodie Foster the second you put her on screen. I didn't know she was in this movie. I think I probably yeah. knew it at some part of my brain, but I'd like, you know, it was somewhere in the back. And then she shows up on screen. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Okay. She, I know who that is. And she's very good in it. I yeah. don't know. Like here's, and like, here's the thing. I am a sucker for this, this, for this premise. I am a sucker for actors playing yes. other, like actors Although, playing themselves as other characters, you know? Yeah. Like, ben, like I that, want to, that gets me every time. Ben, I want to steal your shtick for a minute and I want to make Please. a grandiose statement right off the bat, a thesis, Please. if you will, which sure. is that I agree. I love when people have to play uh, each other and themselves on screen. I think that's hilarious. But I think that in within the Freaky Friday premise, the one thing that's consistent across all of the productions is that if you are the teenage girl in the mom's body, that is a more fun role and more interesting. Yes. yes. <laughs> Hands down. And that's yes. not, that's not spicy. That's like very no. bland. Like Which that's, is, and that's I, just white but, bread and that's fine. But it's, that's my, that's what I learned across watching all this is the adult mm-hmm. actor has so much more fun. Yes, and I, and again, I don't know if that's just that they're given better material or if it's just like I mean. So oh, like, I just think the idea of playing a teenager trapped in an adult body is just I mean, just thirteen go- yes. is, is funnier. Like and the mom's always a stick in the mud, you know. Yeah, yeah. The mom's she's, like a mom's annoying. So she's the like, she's the straight man in every scenario, exactly. and the and the teenage daughter gets to be like. Oh, I'm going to steal your credit card. I'm going to, you know, I'm yeah. going to water ski. Yeah, I'm going to do whatever. Because I'll say yeah. that, yeah, like Jodie Foster does an excellent job as mom stuck in her body. But yeah, like yeah. Barbara, Barbara Harris is like is having hilarious. the time. She's yeah. having the time of her life in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah, Where she's like kicking her legs. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Very realistic water ski. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Some great like rear projection. Yes. And I'll say classic that, like close up. I know. Yeah. And I'll say like we do, I will say for the sake of like this this episode, like we we will probably have to skim through yeah. both of these movies a little bit. We can't dwell sure. on these films a lot because it's two movies and we only and a musical, we only have so much time. Correct. Um but yes, it's so yeah, we have pretty much like the new also like there's always an annoying brother that that's always a constant uh-huh. in these films. And I will say Barbara Harris. Um, I also watched Nashville recently. Um, she's wonderful in that movie too. Um, it's a great film to check out. Uh, if you've not seen Nashville, it is Robert Altman's three hour epic. That is maybe one of the best films made about America and how terrible it is. Um, and how beautiful Ooh. it is. Um, and she's in it and good. Um, but yeah, so 
the Andrews family. You got Annabelle, the daughter, Ellen, the mother. There's always um, a semi-oblivious father figure too, whether it's the bio dad or a stepdad, or there's yes. always a there's a dude who's like, "What's going on?" And that's his <laughs> whole role, yes. right? There, um, you always have the annoying brother and that. Exactly. Yes, uh, I do love the father. At one point, uh, obviously, the daughter is in other mom's body, and she calls the dad daddy. And of course, there's yeah. that one line where the dad's like, you've never called me daddy before. And I was like, whoa, Disney. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that 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 took me by surprise being on Disney Plus. <laughs> Whatever. There's, there's yeah. some, we some weird shit on Disney Plus. I'll tell you that. Um, That's true. Well, there's also that secretary subplot where like Jodie Foster goes to her dad's office and she's like yes. pissed off that he has a hot secretary. Yeah, and she's just like negging this beautiful woman because she's actually the wife. <laughs> and there's also, and it's, it's so weird. There's also always usually a weird subplot with the mom, the with the mom slash like the teenager in the mom's body having to deal with a young boy that the yeah. teenager likes. You got yeah. you got Boris in the seventy six one who shows up in a cameo. Into the two thousand three one, yes, actor, he does. Uh, Mark McClure, he shows up as a delivery man in the two thousand three film. Oh wow! And that character's name yes. in the the remake is Boris, which is very cute. Um, That's a fact. It's a fun, fun fact. Um, but yeah, so that's so there's always that kind of thing. Um, and it's always the busiest day, gosh darn it. So in this one, the central conflict is that the dad is having like this big like presentation for like some like his, his boss or his investors or something. It's not it's not super clear. It's some it's some kind of big presentation, and he's having his daughter do this water skiing act tonight. Um, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I, she's I don't know that I totally caught that that was even part of the plot until it was actively happening. Like, I don't know that I was like paying enough attention, and like I didn't really know there was like a water ski competition, and then all of a sudden she's strapped to some water skis, and I'm yes. like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I didn't I didn't know this was going to happen. Very, Why is this going on? Why this, is it's a what, very it's a very antics filled movie. Yes. The word I was just about yes, to use. There's yeah. a lot of, there's like the hijinks and antics yeah, there's, in both. There's of like them. the mm-hmm. typewriting sequence where like the typewriters are exploding. There's just like the stuff with the laundry. There's the stuff with all of like their appointments and like cleaners showing up at the same time. You have the brilliant uh Patsy Kelly as Mrs. Schmaus as the housekeeper yeah. who gives a really lovely supporting performance. Yeah, um, she does. There's yes, there's it's a very and it ends in what I think I saw someone refer to as the most boring car chase in cinematic history. <laughs> it goes it really on is. for yeah. so long. It also this is the only one of the movies that makes the baffling choice for when they switch back to have them actually yes. switched places. Yes. The rule, and rules. I, there are, the rules don't make sense here. No, no, because they, What's when they the switch What's the magic thing this time? They, they literally just there say There is this, no magic yeah, thing. They, they, they say the same thing at the same time yes. in different places. Oh, that's... Okay. What, what do they say? I wish I knew what she was thinking. Something yeah, like well, that. Like, I wish she... Yeah. yeah, I wish, like, I knew it was, like, to be her. I wish... It's just... It's a yeah. wish to to whatever, this one. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And it's... But, yeah, the, the rules are super unclear. So, like, when they switch back... 
at the end, the mom is transported, is suddenly on the water skis. Yes. The actual, like Barbara Harris is on the water skis and Jodie Foster is driving, is a, driving car. a car. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. And then also the people around them are like, how did you get here? So it presents a very confusing yeah. conundrum for everyone in the movie to like be like, uh, what the fuck just happened? There was just someone else sitting here. Like, what is going on? Yes. Um, um, yeah. Th- th- yeah, so it's like a very silly car chase. There's like fantastically obvious, like sped up driving footage. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. very sad. There's a, there's like the most, it's very cartoony. Like the cop car, like hits like this, like thing in the middle of the road and it like cuts in half. Yeah. Like it's like a Looney it's, Tune or some overall, shit. It's pretty, it's a pretty silly, vaguely stupid version of this story. Yes. And like, again, like from the top act, to bottom, the actors are having fun. I, yeah. I, I kind of admire the chaos of it all. Like, I do. Wait, are we going to talk about that insane final shot? Oh, we will. I, yeah, there's... Okay. Um, also, uh, they have a very cute dog. Uh, they have a very cute little... They do have hound. a really cute dog. It's yeah. a little hound. Woof, woof. Very yeah. cute. Um, wait, what is it? Because it's the... It's like the brother and the dad, like, switch mm-hmm. places, Yeah, right? so basically, like, the family's all happy at the end, and I think... I, I'm wildly paraphrasing because I watched this two days ago and I sure. wouldn't say like I was glued to the television. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so like, I think they're like, oh, we, we really learned about each other today or whatever you would expect them to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. And, this, and the son is like, oh, I wish I knew what dad was thinking. And the dad is like, same. And the two of them go, no. And they're holding playing cards like Jodie Foster and Barbara Harris and they just throw them over the air and it freeze frames and the movie's over. Yep. That's it. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. weird. It's aggressively... Like, you're just like, oh, that was it. <laughs> That's how they chose to end this. Because yep. I guess somebody was like, okay, we got to finish this goddamn thing. Like, <laughs> Weirdly enough, really similar to the 2003. A end. little bit, yeah. Because the last thing, it's the grandpa and the kid, and they're like arguing or right, whatever. Right, but it doesn't end in and a then... freeze frame of everyone going, uh-oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a freeze frame. Does. That's a bold choice. Well, I'll say what, yeah, what it does. It was very bold. What does make sense is so, the, the, again, the film is directed by this guy, Gary Nelson, and he was a very prominent television director. He directed oh, like okay. he directed okay. a bunch of episodes of shows like Get Smart and Gunsmoke. That and makes Gil- a lot of sense. Gilligan's yeah. Island and Happy Days. So like it, you 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 have that kind of like sitcom energy. Really like suffuse infuses this thing. Suffuses. Yeah, this thing. Uh, it really does. It feels like three sitcom episodes kind of Frankenstein monstered together. Yeah, and it's and I don't even think that's a, a negative uh, value judgment. No, no, honestly. I think it's just a, I think it's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was a it was a huge success. The seventy six film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was made on a five million dollar budget, and it made thirty six million dollars at the box office. So go them. Um, it was nominated for three Golden Globes. Uh, didn't win any of them. Uh, Foster and Harris are both nominated for lead actress, and then that song that opens the film. I'd like to be you for a day. Um, yeah. I was like, did Burt Bacharach write this? What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that weird, like, cardboard cutout, like, uh, animated yeah. sequence that starts it The off. animated thing. Ben, did you texted me about the opening. I was, just like, I was just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, buckle up, buddy. <laughs> There's it, a lot weirder shit. It really on the sets for you. the tone. I'll give it that. <laughs> it does. It does. But again, it sets it in a very sitcom way, right? It's kind of like turning on an an episode of like if Bewitched was worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Sure. laughs> 
<laughs> like if Bewitched just wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, but then, so yeah, this, I guess, just like sat in perpetuity. It was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is Freaky Friday. Well, I, I, I guess we should allude to that in the mid-90s, there was a Disney Channel original movie of Freaky Friday, um, and it starred, oh my gosh, who, it was, I know it was, uh, Gabby Hoffman, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shelley Long. Um, was it yeah. Shelley Long? It sure was, yeah. Yes, Gabby, it was. Gabby sure Hoffman was in 1995. Shelley. Wow. Yeah, um, and I'll say wow, wow, wow. that I did, they, they play, the characters are still Ellen and Annabelle Andrews, um, so they kept the names from the original film and the original book, um, but yeah, I, I did. I can't say I uh, was able to watch it. Just reading a synopsis of it, it sounds like it actually really took. It still was actually very true to the original '76 film. It still ends in a water skiing. Oh no, it's they changed it from water skiing to diving uh, in this film. Okay, and they switch bodies through a pair of magical amulets. Yes, great classic. Um, so mm-hmm. that's. But this was uh, the feature film cinematic version of Freaky Friday, the 76. It stood stood atop that pedestal for years and years uh, before it was... Years joined... and years? Yeah. It many... was like eight years. <laughs> no, the, the cinematic in theaters. Oh, the cinema. I was like, 1995 and 2003 aren't that far No, apart. no, 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 no. 76, <laughs> my friends. Okay. Um, I see, I see, I see. So we leap forward to 2003 uh, for Freaky Friday. 2003, directed by Mark Waters, our good buddy who directed Mean Girls, Mm -hmm. um, which would come out a year after this. Um, Also, of course, with Lindsay Lohan. Uh, This script was written by Heather Huck, who we know from Legally Blonde the Musical. Oh my God, does it all come for a full circle or what? It truly does. Yeah, so this is, I again, I think we said this on that episode, Nina, that this is likely the gig yes, that we got did. her Legally Blonde. We um, certainly did. And she co-wrote the screenplay with Leslie Dixon, who would go on to write the screenplay for Hairspray, the movie of the musical Hairspray. Everything is con- Everything's connected. <laughs> You have done Hairspray, right? We've done the stage show Hairspray. We haven't done a Patreon okay. on the movie yet. Um, for reasons. We'll do Someday. it. Someday. Someday. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not I'm not thrilled about having to cover that. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be running directly into that one. No. No. If I, no, no, if no. I were you or literally anyone else. Yes. Um, yeah. but uh Jodie Foster was initially offered the older the not the moral. And she was like, I think that'd be too distracting. Yes. No, too much of a gimmick. No, thank you. Um, so then it was then they got Lindsay Lohan to play the teenager. They got Annette Benning to play the mom. And then Oh my god. Four, I think about this more often than I should. Four days before filming, for quote unquote undisclosed reasons, she left the production. That's so juicy. Yeah. We'll never know. What happened? We, uh, this we'll is like know. this is like wanting to know who your Sylvain is about. I don't care about that. I care about why Annette Benning left Freaky Friday. <laughs> but but That's I mean, what I'm going to make my life goal. I'll say, uh, listen, and I love Annette Benning, and I bet she would have been wonderful in this movie. But Jamie Lee Curtis, like, is god tier. I'm so like, amazing. I, she's 
Unbelievable. I almost made my question, is this Jamie Lee Curtis's best film? You know. Like, that was almost my question at the top. Or, I'm sorry, that was almost Ben's question at the Thank top. Thank you. Thank you. That was, that was going to be that was gonna be my question I understand that you two had a top. very yeah. confusing body switching situation. It was a weird day. Oh, biology. Uh, oh, what? Eh, that's coming up later, Brian. Uh, yeah, that was actually going to be my question at the top. Is this? Well, you know, because and I, I would rather amend that. It might be Jamie Lee Curtis's best performance because, like, I think there are movies that are better. Oh, sure. That have Jamie sure, Lee Curtis sure. in them, like, because, like, I a few weeks ago I watched Halloween for the first time. And yeah, Halloween's a better movie. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. Um, and she's yeah, but we're not we're not here to dispute that. <laughs> no, like, knife, yeah, like, no. Knife, I would say Knives Out's a better movie than Freaky Friday, but like, yeah, from a right. per, from a from performance perspective, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Kind of runs away with this thing, and I'm and I'll say mm-hmm. like no discredit to Lindsay Lohan, who actually also does a very good does job. Really, it's very mm-hmm. good, yeah, yeah. Again, but like Nina said earlier, it's just not as juicy or as fun no. of a part. Although I think out of all of the options that we're discussing today, I think this is the most interestingly written mom in the teenage body trope. Yes, in that yeah. she does get some funny lines, and she does like. She gets to play exasperated in a very fun way. She's not such a straight man. She yes. still gets to be pretty funny. Oh, no. She's, I mean, a, a semi-spoiler for musical talk. I think, for my money, this is the best Freaky Friday. Like, I don't the... think that's even a 100%. question. 100%. I, w- I would be shocked if you said something different. <laughs> this is... Yeah. I yeah. think this runs away with best Freaky Friday by, like, it's a like, mile. Yeah. Yeah, it's like legitimately a pretty good movie. And yeah. also, like, oh, yeah. low key, some of the music in it is better than the. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, like, I have so many thoughts about that. Yeah, like, once we get there, Pink Slip. I would listen to Pink Slip. Sure. I want a Pink Slip T-shirt. I would like what, a pink speaking sl- of. Speaking I feel of like Super Yaki probably has a pink slip. I would say t-shirt. it's got to be one. I think yeah. th- I th- actually think Super Yaki might have one. I'll I was like, up. I feel like Super. I've seen this cool. on Super Yaki before. But anyway, yeah. Brian, you were talking about horny shit. Yeah, uh, what was the the like daddy line from the old one? If I have a teen girls band really called Pink Slip, just sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That no, is... and every person in that band, I want to be my friend. They're so cool, like. Taina from Taina is in that band. That was important for me. <laughs> I used to watch Taina. Um, sorry, I don't know the other girl. She's there. Though. It was she almost plays bass. Uh, Kelly Osbourne. Yeah, or she also dropped name? out. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was almost yeah. Kelly Osbourne, and she dropped out really? because her, her mom got sick. Sharon Osbourne was diagnosed oh, with oh. cancer, oh my and she was like, I can't work right now, and she was replaced by Ugh. the actress from Taina, whose name I should know. Um, Christina Vidal. Christina. Vidal, I was like, it's yeah. Christina something, but I knew it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't know the last name. Um, um but yes, this is definitely the best Freaky Friday. I, I, how is that 100%. even a conversation? Yeah, it's I mean, let's listen. The worst part of this movie, um, which I feel like we just have to get out of the way right now. Yeah, is let's the, just let's just breeze the fucking. Yeah. Pretty uh, gosh darn gross Chinese mysticism of it all. So yeah. So yeah. So obviously, we, uh, like we said in the original film, 
that they just switch bodies. They switch bodies, and that's that. Um, yeah, and in this one, it's like mystic old Asian now, lady now here's trope. The, so here, yeah, so like they go to the House of Chang, a Chinese restaurant, and yeah, you just get this like uh, this this poor old Chinese actor who has to uh, give him a full. And it's this is her own, this is of her own machination. She's like, yeah. oh, I know what's gonna get him to work. My magic also, like, cookies. That's so fucked that like. <laughs> In where, where's the set? Is it set in? It's, it must be California, right? Okay, yeah, right. I so, think so there's just so this movie posits that there's like an older woman living in California who runs a restaurant, and if she sees people arguing, she's like, <laughs> "I'm gonna body swap them, <laughs> yeah. and teach them." A, that's that's a horrifying proposition. That's a horror movie in and of itself. There's a direct quote of it, they call it strange Asian voodoo. They, yes, so yes, like, yeah, they yeah. Literally, I feel the, like, same, yeah. the phrase "some strange Asian voodoo." Yes, it's yes. Uh, not good. Yeah. And, like, and, and at the end of the movie, she does the same thing where she's like, "I'm gonna get this, uh, this grandpa yeah. at this point." It's like, yeah. how many people has she God. done this to? Yeah, no, th- <laughs> she should be in prison probably. Like, abolish all prisons except for the one for this lady who except keeps body swapping non-consenting yeah. people. Except yeah. for Pepe's mom. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, fun fact. Pepe. The, Played by Rosalind I Chow, was just gonna say, next generation. I was yeah. just going to say, uh, I in a funny twist, I've been watching rewatching um, Jane the Virgin, a show sure. I love very much because um, I've seen it before and I like to fall asleep with the TV on against advice from like everyone who's a, sci- a sleep scientist. Sure. And um, you know that's a nice comforting show. And I turned it on and it was like where Jane has the baby and Rosalind Chow is is her OBGYN. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad that you are you're doing something much better and different than what you were doing before. <laughs> like the last time I'd seen her on my screen, like one day earlier, she was in Freaky Friday being a racist stereotype. And I'm like, oh, thank fucking God you were on Jane the Virgin. Like, like so, one of the best shows of recent memory. So like outside, so like talking in, so talking about the Freaky Friday verse. Um, so obviously like looking like to sort of just like, just structurally and performance wise and emotionally, it's just mm-hmm. a better movie. But I think, what this film, it, I mean, I guess the 95 film introduced the concept of the amulet. So I guess that's the first one to actually give okay. a reason for them doing it. But what I guess, and Nina, you brought this up. I think you texted this to me. Like, yeah. uh, what I love that this film introduces is the mom and daughter interacting as their That's exactly selves. it. That's it's key your, for me that they interact. film, they yeah. don't interact like They spend a whole day separate. Yeah, they're completely living parallel lives in the first one. And that's, I think, what was totally missing for me in the original. Yeah. And I loved watching Curtis and Lohan have to, like, play each other to each other's faces. That yes. was just so fun. And, like, that moment where, like, they're in the car with, with um, you know, favorite of boomer moms everywhere, Mark Harmon. And, <laughs> yeah. and Lindsay Lohan is in though. the... He is He's good. good. And, good. Uh, and Lindsay Lohan's in the backseat, Jimmy Lee Cruz is in the front, and she's like, feet off the dashboard. Stop fidgeting. And I'm yes. just like, that's funny. Like, I wanted way more of that in the 70s version. Mm-hmm. Every time they interact, and we can, as we get to the ending of this, I mean, like... I also felt like this movie had a solid emotional core. Like, oh, yeah. Where it's 100%. like, this is the first, I don't know if they did this in the 95 film, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first one where it's like, there's they have endured a family tragedy and like them sure. grieving the loss of a father and a husband has like really just, you know, driven a wedge between families, which sadly I don't think is t- terribly far off from how that happens sometimes with parents and children yeah. who are grieving. And 
like that speech at the end at the wedding rehearsal, like I teared up a little bit and I was like, oh man, am I crying over Freaky Friday? But like, it's well-written, it's well-acted by Jamie Lee Curtis. Big surprise. Like, oh, she's good in something. But, um, (laughs) but I was like, this movie has a real emotional core to it in that like these two people are trying to figure out grief this is such a deep reading of Freaky Friday. And no, I feel oh, it's silly. It's valid. But like, not really. It's valid, I, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what struck me this time as I was like, oh, this family has been totally ripped apart by a horrible thing. And the mom's trying to live her life and the daughter's resentful for a million reasons. And it's way more complicated than just like parents just don't understand. Teenagers are messy. Yeah. And yeah, and I thought, uh, yeah, them interacting was key, especially because not only was it funny, then when it's like, the emotional climax of the movie and uh you know Lindsay Lohan as her mom is like just call off the wedding yeah like yeah, that's really well, yeah. sad and they have it's heartbreaking because we see them spend time together and they yeah. have all of this this stuff we actually give a shit about their relationship exactly no and which he is seems the, like what's really the whole yeah. point of them switching places is because their relationship sucks you know right right and I, you also see that like I don't remember what Mark Harmon's character name is. I'm just going to keep calling him Mark Harmon. Ryan. Um, (laughs) Thank you. So Mark Harmon and Jamie Lee Curtis, I also think like they have like a solid, like what we see of their relationship, like he supports her career by getting her that talk show. Like like it's, it's very clear. I think from this one that like she has formed like a healthy kind of bond. And also Ben, I wanted to ask you about this because I think you probably know the most of the three of us about the 1985 version is this the first or second Freaky Friday in which the mom actually has a job? Because in the first one, she's a housewife. Right. Um, again, I, I wasn't able to do a lot of research. Yeah, on the I couldn't find it to watch one. anywhere. Um, from what I can tell, uh, it seems like... Uh, no, she, she, wor- she has a job. Um, she works in fashion, it seems like. Okay. Um, yeah, she's a different job every time, but yeah, but like it's, it's again, but it's also hilarious that she's right. a therapist. I, think I that's, was going to say exactly ver- that. I think that's, that's my favorite of all of the mom jobs is that she should have the best insight into her relationship with her daughter and, and she sucks at it yes. because yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love, I, Doctor, yeah. Doctors make the worst patients kind of mentality. I yeah. do love that there's, yeah, there's a moment where just like every one of her patients, uh, Lohan in Curtis's body, just like. And how, how does do that make you? Yeah. Or and the one guy's like, reading your book made me depressed. And she's like, and how does that make you feel? And he's like, depressed. <laughs> yes. I do yeah. love there's that um, scene where like they run into, of course, I, I, I cannot believe it has taken this long to bring up Chad Michael Murray. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this was, I was definitely as, as a, as a teenage girl who definitely had a Chad M- Michael Murray, like magazine cut out on her wall at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even watch One Tree Hill. I don't even know where the hell I saw this guy, but I was like, oh. just um, he was everywhere. He was yeah. every. This was this movie was peak. Him and his little blonde soul patch. Yeah, he he. This was peak Chad Michael Murray time. He was everywhere, and he is arguably like the least cute in this movie because his hair is yes, yeah, gross. I, like he's yeah. good looking. He's undeniably a good looking human being. I feel weird because he's playing a teenager, but he was definitely like not a teenager. He was probably like 35. He and was in this movie. He's like 22. 
Okay, still weird. I'm 30, yeah. and I feel like that's weird. But like, yeah, but you weren't when you saw this movie. I thought no, Lindsay Lohan right. was the hottest thing in the world because yeah, she I was, was like, also oh 14 God. when yeah. I was 14. You know, <laughs> but I, was, I think I was probably sitting there and I was like, why are they both hot? Yeah, um, yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, everything about him is hot in this movie except for his like middle parted greasy hair. Listen, I hate it. He's cosplaying <laughs> as Jim Hawkins from Treasure Planet. It's fine. Oh, uh, is that is. Is that canon, Ben? I don't know if it's that- canon. Oh, it's canon. <laughs> I mean, that movie, it is a Disney movie, and it did come out before this. Um, I'm, I'm going sure. to the Freaky Friday wiki, like, Freaky freaky Weeky to check if this is canon. <laughs> freaky Weeky. <laughs> That's good. That- Freakypedia. Freaky- Thank you. But I do, no, I love when uh, both of them, like, see, uh, see his character, and Jamie Lee Curtis is just like, you don't even know him. <laughs> it's so- <laughs> like or that- the way that he's, like, uh, this is also the only one where I laughed at like him being obsessed with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I mean, her singing, I want it that way. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, so what is or, it? Oh, Hit me, ba- baby, one more time. Him, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Him singing yeah. that, like, say anything style outside their window. Oh my God. So off key. Mm. So it's good. So funny. Yeah. That yeah. Bowling for Soup cover they hear in this coffee shop is a good cover of that. <laughs> yeah, it too. is. Yeah. I know. And like weirdly, like Chad Michael Murray and Jamie Lee Curtis, hear me out, had like pretty decent chemistry. Yeah. yeah I was like, yeah. why am I rooting for this couple? You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> why I'm was I rooting uh, for that? Stanford Blatch from Sex and the Cities. Yeah. yeah. He's Evan, right? Yeah. He yes. shows up every Ethan. day. Ethan, Evan, Evan, it's Evan. Ethan. Yeah. It's Evan, because he, cause, oh, yeah. Cause... No, but she calls him Ethan. Yeah, she calls him yeah. Kevin. And then he starts to, oh, she calls him Kevin. That's worse. I thought she called him Ethan. Oh, she calls him Ethan too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I am always excited to see Willie Garson. Love He's that great. man. He's good. Yeah. I I didn't catch. Apparently, there's a Christopher Guest cameo in here somewhere. I uh, saw uh, that on 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 Freakopedia too, and I did not. I could not find it. I, I was see, like, I didn't see it. Maybe it's a deleted scene or yeah, something. Because obviously, because obviously, like Jamie Lee Curtis, Christopher Guest, power couple. Like I was gonna say, like, and I te- definitely said said this to Ben over text. That's my dream, like dinner party with famous people. Like, imagine how much fun it would be to have dinner at their house. Yeah. Like, it's it, yeah. you would never laugh as hard. Oh, of course. In your speaking life. of like, uh, dreams, speaking of character actors, of course, the the teacher is played by uh, Stephen Tobolowski. Wonderful yes, character yes, yes, yes. Ned Ryerson, yeah. uh, yes. coming up in a future episode, wink, <laughs> wink. Um, yeah. But... And also, that's a good twist, too, where it's like the reason that he treats Anna like shit yeah. is because he had a crush on Tess. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that worked very well because, like, I saw it coming because I'd seen the movie, but I feel like the first time I was like, oh, wow, like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that worked very well for me. It's clever uh, writing. It's clever writing. And, yeah, I'll see. So the big conflicts in this are that, uh, yeah, it's the rehearsal dinner for mm-hmm. uh, Tessa's wedding to Mark Harmon the next day. And there's also this audition for this, like, big band thing uh, for... Uh, it's the it's at Wango Tango, right? Which is a real festival. Yeah, uh, the, oh. the audition is at uh, uh, a House of Blues. It is not the House of Blues, like the Chicago. Is there one. not a House of Blues in, I mean, in I, I think, California? I think, yeah, but I this think is there is the House of Blues. Yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a franchise. It's a chain, but yeah, it yes. Um, it was yeah. just, it's, every time I hear House of Blues, I'm like, that's in Chicago. What are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's in. I think I know where the movie's set now. There's one in Anaheim. 
Ah, there you go. That would that would there you do go. It. Mystery solved. Um, yeah, but then yeah. So it builds to this uh, climax of and also just sorry quickly. Yeah, just one please. thing to say about like those two because like we're gonna talk so much about like the events right of of the Friday evening that that tear the 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 mother and daughter to different places and mm-hmm. but like this one actually makes sense. So you've yes. got the the rehearsal dinner, which obviously is so important to test that her maid of honor and daughter be present. But the audition for uh, Pink Slip is so high stakes. Like that yeah. is gonna, that's huge, huge, huge opportunity for them. And so like, we'll get to the the one in the musical, <laughs> which really doesn't hold water for me. I'm like, this seems super skippable yeah. um, on every level. But like I, in that situation, I would also be like, mom, can I be like an hour late to your rehearsal dinner yeah. and just go to this audition? No, Please, is, this is so, is a, so it important. It is a very believable. I, you know, I, I saw a, a movie. Uh, I, uh, why not? I saw Coda last week, which is a very good movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very good movie. And it is it like follows like the tropes of how movies work. Like if you've seen any Sundance award winning indie family drama, you've seen Coda, but Coda is still very good. Um, But like there are so many like contrived inconveniences where it's like, uh, it's like, oh, like the daughter didn't realize that like her singing rehearsal was at the same time as this interview she needed to be at. And like, Oh, she didn't tell her parents that she wasn't going to go on the fishing boat with them. And it like, it's just like such like you can like get away with it because like, Oh, she's a teenage girl logic, but it's just like, there are so many like kinds of those like weird contrivances that yeah, like don't hold water like when you're trying like and i know like movies are magic and like that like the the if a movie is good some suspension of disbelief is fine yeah but like like, if a movie's good it can trick you into forgetting about those i was gonna say if if you start if 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 a contrivance if if a situation so contrived rather that you stop thinking about the movie and start thinking about how it doesn't make sense the movie has failed yes like if if you have to step outside and think about it it's you're done yeah, but so obviously, yeah, like this, but these, th- it makes sense here. Like, yeah, like you said, like mm-hmm. uh, Lindsay Lohan's uh, conflict is, yeah, it is so, the, the stakes are so high for it. Yeah, like it makes sense that it's, these heads they're, sta- they're high for her and they're high for her bandmates. It's, yeah. you know, there's, uh, th- there's two dudes in the band we never, ever hear from. No. They don't say a word. I don't <laughs> even think they have they literally, <laughs> They literally kidnap her to take her to the audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. I I would have organized the same kidnapping where I one of the named female bandmates. I'd be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this set is gonna take ten minutes. She can spare it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I also on the to follow up that I really buy the Mark Harmon Jamie Lee Curtis relationship is when he's like, go watch Anna at her audition. Yeah, you want to be there? Yeah. I want you to be there. Like, I'll cover the fort. That's a very sweet moment to me too, where he's like, he puts her family first and then and then again it's mm-hmm. so because obvi- obviously this is leading up to uh the daughter yes. in her body realize like being ma- doing this like selfless act of realizing yes that, like, and oh, agreeing to yeah marry a, an adult man yes. as a teenager and yeah so, yeah so yeah. it's a great so again it all it all clicks together but then yeah you have this mm-hmm. wonderful performance where Lindsay lohan is not very well uh like miming along on the guitar while jamie lee <laughs> curtis is playing it like in the background a very funny physical performance from lohan on that though yes 
I like when she's doing just the arms in the yeah. air. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's not even playing. Everybody's um, favorite rock star move, putting your hands yeah. in the air. Well, and again, that was like that your friend. friend. You put your hands and in the air she's not like playing you just don't care. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You put your hands in the air like it you're just not. It does look like she doesn't care. Just like you're just not playing your instrument. Yeah. Well, but apparently yeah. both Jamie Lee and Lindsay are... Uh, like train, like they practice yes, to like yeah. play guitar, and then they just like dubbed it over with professional. Like, mm. Yeah, they just thanks for well, practicing. But so no. I, I'm gonna. Uh, that makes sense to me though, because I feel like it's more important that it look convincing than sure. it, like it, it needs to sound good, but also like how it many should movies look believable. And, yeah, that's how many movies, and yeah. so uh, Ben, you play piano and accordion. You're sure. a very talented just, human being. Brand, do you play any instruments? Nope. So I used to just the face. Just the, well, and and you. It's a good play instrument. Beautifully, yes, it's your finest instrument. But I mean, when you watch, like I'm sure Ben, you've watched a million movies where people play the piano, play the piano. Yes, and I they're know. not. Yes, it's very bad. Yeah, and, and so like I think it. it's still important to like I. I don't, I've never played guitar, but I would imagine like it's convincing enough that you're looking yeah. at her and you're like, is she's moving her hands in like a way that makes sense. Like it's not totally like insane and stupid looking. Yeah. So I don't mind them dubbing it over. In fact, I, I feel like, like every time a big movie star is cast in anything where they have to do music or singing, I'm like, let's just dub like we used to do in, in like, like the whole singing in the rain gambit. Like, let's just sure. do that again. <laughs> How about we just don't have Emma Stone's sing it's not that big of a deal if she just does the acting part yeah, what is, what is i love Mar emma stone what is marnie nixon up to these days well it's all marnie nixon yeah like just just dub um so i don't mind the dubbing but also just like we're i need to talk about the music in this movie or just um, or just cast people who can sing you know uh that would that. that would make yeah. fix That's an it idea. Too. but if you're not gonna do that then at least have you know dubbing or or just sure. yeah send them to guitar camp i mean we're both wearing, we're both literally wearing Josie and the Piscettes t-shirts right sure. now. And that's what they did in that movie is they had Kay Hanley sing. They like, I think they blended her voice with Rachel Lee Cook. That sounds right. Yeah. And then um, they, they did send them to like band boot camp band to camp. learn to convincingly play their instruments, but they also dubbed it over to have like For amazing sure. rock stars play it. Um, so this film ends uh, with uh, a lovely sort of like toast from, Jamie Lee Curtis mm -hmm. um, as the daughter um, was the, as the daughter as the mother uh, just being like yes I love you and like we'll be able to get over the death of the father and we'll be able to move on and of course they switch bodies and you hear a lovely gong in the background just to really solidify oh. the mysticism of it all uh, <laughs> one, more, uh, one more thing about the body switching though both times there's an earthquake yes uh, yes and the first time yeah. only the first two feel it but the second yeah, time they everyone all feels. feel it <laughs> Maybe because they're in the same again, room. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, the rules. 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 Um, and As they yeah. once said on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, what are the rules? 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 When you just turn black and you can't switch back, well, you gotta go and find out the rules. <laughs> yes. Fair um, enough. Uh, but but yeah, very quickly, yeah, the music in this movie slaps though it's, it's all bangers like Good that's what i wanted yeah, to say fun. is just like about the quality of the songs i would listen to a full album from pink slip i like both the songs that they play in the movie and like listening to it set off all these like neurons in my brain like i was like oh my god i know all the words to both of these songs yeah. i definitely have them yeah. on a cd and i definitely listen to them all the time 
Yeah. Or I had them probably on my iPod nano or mini or whatever. Sure. My, my first, yeah. The first Apple product, but like, yeah, the songs in this movie are legitimately good. I enjoy them. That's I, I like them better than a lot of stuff we're going to talk about soon. Well, we're very close to talking about that. Um, yes. But yes. And then we get to the wedding. It's very nice. The Chinese grandma is continuing her uh, terrifying scheme of trying to have people switch bodies through her magic. Maybe cookies. it was all just a ploy to become the caterer. You know, because like she brings yeah. it up before. It's true. And then Lindsay cancels it as Jamie cancels it. And there they are catering at the end. That's you know what you're, you're not ten percent off. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're maybe that's it's wrong. all a catering ploy. <laughs> Could be. That's what I'm not it is. Say no. Ruthless catering wars of Anaheim, California. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um. So this film was also a, a pretty big hit. It. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It uh, was made for twenty six million dollars, and uh, it made a hundred and sixty. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Good pretty on good. them. Good on the Disney Corporation. Um, it's number two at the box office. I, I think, think, yeah, right behind. It's like SWAT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I better remember SWAT. I don't. That's yeah, the thing. I, no, act, I yes actually and no. don't remember SWAT. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was nominated for Best uh, Act, Best uh, best Actress in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. Um, I want to go through the nominees because I actually think it's very interesting. Um, she didn't win. I think she should have won. Um, the nominees that year, alongside uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, was Scarlett Johansson in Lost in Translation. Jesus Christ! Okay, <laughs> she's good in that. Movie. Starting off strong. She's good. She's good she's in that, good movie. that movie. Whatever. Uh, Diane Lane. Diane Lane in Under the Tuscan Sun. Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's a comedy, but whatever. Uh, yeah, serious. <laughs> Helen Mirren in Calendar Girls, which is an upcoming episode at some point. Um, Wait, no, it's wow. not. Yeah, they made a musical of. Oh, they sure did. Um, old women naked on calendars. Um, the winner was Diane Keaton in Something's Got to Give. Mm. Well, I guess something had to give. I, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really mad about I like that movie, but I think Jamie Lee Curtis is better. Yeah, oh, I yeah. agree. Oh, yeah. And also, um, she shouldn't have won shit for that movie just for not picking Keanu. That's all I'm going to say. Is that what something How does that, something's yeah. gotta give us about? It's about At her picking Jack Nicholson over Keanu Reeves, a young hot doctor who's obsessed with her. Oh, it is gosh. fucked. Yep. And I love Nancy Myers. That's like my comfort food film genre. I love looking at her sumptuous kitchens. I love oh, seeing her, uh-huh. you know, older women dealing with their fabulous lives, but like there's kind of a crisis of some sort. I love it. I love all of it. But yeah, not Keanu Reeves takes her to Paris. Mm. Um, for her birthday, but then Jack Nicholson shows up and he's like, Hey, I banged your daughter. And she's like, cool, we're going to date now. And she dumps, I hate it. This is not the movie we're, t- we're discussing today. I'm sorry. I just, I have a lot of feelings about something's got to give. Well, I, my well, chest. <laughs> that's fair. Something has, something's got to give on this freaky Friday. Now, <laughs> a decade or so later, it would come to the stage freaky Friday. Um, yeah. in a new version. Now, I, this is wild that this is maybe one of the only times that we're going to talk about Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie. Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie, um, who, of course, are the next to normal guys. That's sort of like, you know, oh that's, my God. that's their thing. They, wow. they, they like, they did next to normal. Yeah, they, they did next to normal together. Then they did If Then. Um, 
The, oh, no, I guess we've talked about Tom Kidd, of course, because he wrote the music for High Fidelity. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie, uh, yeah, so, like, together they did Next to Normal, and obviously they won the Pulitzer for that. They won the Tony for that. Um, and then, yeah, they made they wrote If Then together. Um, but then, yeah, this was, I think, their, another, just their follow-up as a songwriting team. Because, yeah, Brian Yorkie's gone on to do a bunch of stuff. Tom Kitt's gone on to do a bunch of stuff. But together, yeah, this is it. Um, and you can, I mean, you can really feel those next to normal vibes like running through this thing um and again i don't say that as a positive value judgment i just say that (laughs) as a statement of fact that that is kind of the zone that they're operating in a little bit here um Mm. the book is by bridget carpenter um thank goodness they actually had a woman write the fucking script for this thing um who's best known for her work on the tv version of Stephen King's eleven twenty two sixty three. Remember that? Great. Remember that thing? No. It was I read the, that book. It was the it was Kennedy, right? It's about the assassination. Yeah. It was a Yeah. Oh, it's James Franco. Sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I read that book because it's one of the only non-scary Stephen King books, so I could read it. I tried reading The Shining and I was like, nope, I like sleeping. Uh, <laughs> <Well>, thank you. <laughs> sure. It's terrifying. Yeah. So, yeah, so, they, yeah. so this thing... Uh, That's a weird credential, but go on. Yeah, but so those are the folks who wrote this thing. Uh, yeah, it debuted at the Signature Theater in Arlington, Virginia in October 2016. And then it played at La Jolla Playhouse in January 2017. So, like, pretty much right after. Um, they were also then... Did, they This was, like, pretty much just, like, touring the regional circuit. They, like... They, then they went to Cleveland Playhouse, and then they went to the Alley Theater in Houston. Um, and then it was at uh, Virginia Musical Theater in Norfolk. And then it was in Atlanta at Horizon Theater Company. Um, but it, they were just like, it, again, like, it is obviously in comparison to the larger shows we've talked about here. Um, I hate to use this word, but it is a very slight musical, right? Like, it is, it's, it's people doing stuff. It's, there's no... I mean, obviously there's magic. They fucking switch bodies, but like from like a stage perspective, right? It's very sort of like people. It's simple doing enough things. for many, many high schools to do. Yeah, high schools, uh, like uh, community theaters, yes. uh, just regional theaters. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does not need the bombast of Broadway to back it up as a show. No, no vines, I, no, no masks, no heelys. <laughs> no. You know. No circles. And I, I can attest to this because no I was looking for footage of the musical and I Brian, found I said, it. I said no circles. <laughs> no circles, yeah, no circles. Yeah, no circles. No, I was looking for footage of this on YouTube um, and I found a two, it was. It must have been the two-act one because it was over two hours long. Yeah. Um, it's a long show. It's really long. Ooh, it's I, so I get long. I get why they made a one act version of it. It's a yeah. Long I didn't show. I didn't I didn't make it through the the two plus hour one because I I have a pain threshold that I, <laughs> I couldn't I just couldn't cross anymore. Sure. Um, I don't remember what the high school was called, so I'm not bad mouthing it because I genuinely don't know what it was. But it was um, a, a a born again Christian high school doing this because it had the word evangelical in it somewhere mm-hmm. um sure. and uh and i mean part of it was just my own discomfort as a like reformed musical th- theater kid like watching all the girls like hold their hands like with their wrists flicked out to the side and i was like oh no i totally did that too like i thought that was acting i thought holding my hands like that made me good at at performing but um 
Yeah, it was, I mean, I don't need to say much about a high school production. We all were in them. We know what they're like. <laughs> uh, Anyone yeah. listening to this has probably been in one and they know what they're like. But it, 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 I understand how this lends itself well to a young, even though watching two teenagers try to navigate this very difficult relationship is weird. Yeah. That's the that's the big thing about like a high school version is one person has to be like, a I've mom. had a child yeah. and I'm a mom. And I'm like, and there's like that one kid with like a gray, like gray streaks in his hair sure. being like, hi, I'm the stepdad. And you're just like, no, you're not. You're, no, yeah. And you, I'll say, you, like, white shoe polish. And I'll yeah. say like before, and like before like I make any sort of like value judgments and like uh, personal like critiques and opinions about this show, I will say like, you know what? Like Disney theatricals, like I get it. Like they want to, they want to make shows that like high schools can do. Like they are of like first and foremost, like a family oriented like entertainment industry and like i think like the mental calculus totally makes sense for why they did this like the, right. the rights aren't really out for lion king um like the, the shows that they do have you know stuff like tarzan and little mermaid and mary poppins and even like newsies like they're they're not easy shows to put up so i can see no. like them in their minds being like let's find one of our properties that isn't too inex that isn't too expensive for like theaters to put up so like i get that and like good on you for like making a show that like people want to do um and that like is easy to do and is not like and i guess it's also like not precious uh with it fantastically not precious in its adaptation yeah. <laughs> i'll say yeah. some baffling choices yeah we'll get to those in a second um and then, and Bran, I'm sure you'll agree with me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I feel like this show, um, for better or worse, is kind of a really perfect encapsulation of what contemporary musical theater sounds like. Yes. Which is kind of like genreless to a point of it being totally banal. Yeah. Like every song on this in this show sounds. It doesn't. I was like, where, where am I? Is this a period piece for part of this? Like, it's sort of like you two jazzy, Motowny weirdo. I don't know. You two it's like are all exactly right. This was such a personalityless musical. It was just a. It was kind of a void into which I stared for a while. Yeah, all the songs like a couple bl of the songs together okay? in a big mushy lump. Um, and like, yeah, poor, like Heidi Blickenstaff, who's I a very know. talented vocalist. And like, I, again, I'm sure that we can do this now or we can do this later. I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't as Carl Havoc once said, I don't want to be around anymore, but <laughs> I watched, <laughs> I watched, um, I had to, I had to make an, I think you should leave reference. I have to make one per episode. It's a, it's a contract thing, but I, um, I did watch the Disney Channel original movie. Sure, I'm sorry. And, um, I'm sorry. Wow. It's, it's, I mean, I don't know if I just, I was like, have did, like crotchety old me. I was like, have, have DC, have DCOMs, Disney's Channel original movies, have they gotten worse since I was a youth? And I'm like, well, on one hand, yes. Because when I was a kid, we had Cadet Kelly, which was like queer as shit and had ribbon dancing. And I was like, sure. that's a better movie than anything I just watched. Um, but yeah, the it's just as soulless as listening to the recording, and mm -hmm. it's it also treats its audience like total fucking idiots. Yeah. Like it, the yeah. movie, and even more so, the musical kind of treats the viewer and the kid like you're stupid. 
And the Disney Channel original movie really makes you feel like you are, you have no brain cells. Yeah. It's so pandering. It's so condescending in terms of just like the dialogue and the way it's structured and just the way that the characters interact with one another and the exposition, the expositional moments. You're just like, oh, okay. You just think anyone watching this is the dumbest person alive. Yeah. And th- that that made me sad because I was like, give kids a little more credit here. Kids are smart and they know what they're consuming and and they shouldn't be given just the like the, the most soulless possible shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm or shiz, you. as the musical says a couple times. Shiz? Yeah, sure does. Shiz. This movie, this musical came out like 2017, y'all. <laughs> and also, like, I don't need to relive w- Wicked. I don't need that kind of energy. It's here just one day in the Emerald City. That's what I was singing yeah. the there whole is, time. That is the opening number. It's called Just yeah. One Day. Um, yeah. In the, uh, in the Freaky Friday. But, so, yeah. So, so our characters now are the mom is Catherine and the daughter is Ellie. And uh, so, yeah. So, this is. So, obviously, the basic structure of, the, of Freaky Friday is um, the mom has, a, has some kind of job. Um, that, uh, she does. She has a kind of job. There's, there's always like some big event. There's always some big event uh-huh. or, well, or, or, or in, confluence of events. So I was like, going to say in the 2003 one and the, and the musical, it, it's, it's the mom's wedding. Her yes. job's just different. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, so in the, in the musical, she is a caterer and she is doing the catering for her own wedding. Um, yeah. Sure. Which um, also like, no, <laughs> Don't do I that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I think choice. I'm the only Poor person choice. here who hasn't had a wedding, but I feel like, no, that's not, that's not right. Yeah. You Don't should not do that. do that. Don't do that. Um, yeah, no. but then sort of the honest, so that it's the mythology of this thing. It's so weird. Cause then like the, so it's like, Oh, are they going to keep the band thing from the movie? And it's like, no, it's like, okay, well then what are they going to do? So. It, oh my God. It, I hate this. this. I, I have to explain it. I have to explain it. It's, Thanks. I hate it. It's called the hunt. Um, the the famous movie that not Donald, to be confused that, that yeah, Donald not to Trump be yelled about that, that movie. Yeah. The hunt. <laughs> not to be confused I, with the, I the wish it was that snuff film. Yeah. <laughs> not it's 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 a, a teenage purge. Yeah, she has to yeah. attend the purge. <laughs> no. that evening. So it's like some like embarrassing like scavenger hunt. Yeah, and like the it's like a tradition, and the kids go on it, and it's like it, it's so confusing. It's so weird. It's almost it's, too stupid to explain. It's very yeah. stupid. It's a stupid yeah. thing, and just like and whenever they sing about it, it's so weird. Like that character also. Act, so the boyfriend character that song "Go" is like it seems so important. Like why is it so important? That's like so such a dramatic song for the guy who calls in clues about yeah. your scavenger Okay, so that's hunt. exactly what I was going to say. Is So the list the master, fucking Olympics. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. When, a, when a character sings wait. Go Hunter's list master, it's like, I, I can't take you well, seriously. Wait. Here's my other like hot spicy take on this whole hunt thing is <laughs> I've met middle schoolers or middle, I, I guess high schoolers. They're supposed to be in high school, Early right? high school, yeah. Early high school. Okay. 
I've met sophomores in high school. Not a single high school sophomore would give a flying fuck about this. There'd be like three <laughs> kids doing this thing. And the list master would not be like walking down the hall exalted by the his The list master peers. is the boyfriend. That's the, he's no, the I'm aware of that. Interest. But like everyone's obsessed with the list master. And I'm like, that wouldn't happen. There'd be yeah. three dorky little weirdos. The three of us would be doing the hunt and everyone Probably. else would be at a party hooking up with each other. <laughs> That's what would happen. I don't want to This sounds pretend. like something we would have done in our youth group and everybody would have just used it as an excuse to go like make yeah. out in yeah. the woods oh, yeah. because yeah. you're not going to do this bullshit. Also, no. It, I... There'd be like one kid straggling to the end and be like, I did all the clues. And like the list master would be like, well, no one else even showed up to the end of this also, thing. Was, and he gets beat up and they does. take all the things and somebody else <laughs> yeah. goes wins, you know? Also, this is the real life version. I gotta say, at one point, like there's, I didn't realize until like the middle of act two, I was like, we're in Chicago? This show set in Chicago? What? Yeah, wow. So they're just setting, sure. so the parents are like, just set the kids loose overnight in Chicago yeah, and then, do a scavenger hunt. Yeah, and they, he's also like, I can't really figure out where they live because at one point they go to Buckingham Fountain. So I'm like, where are they? It's bizarre. Like it's one point so they like they, weird. One point, like one of the clues is like on top of an L train. I'm like, what are you doing? Dangerous. <laughs> Do not, That's not safe. I, to all of our listeners, if you're in the city of Chicago and you're in the loop and somehow are able to, I don't know where you could be where you would get the vantage point to even get on top of an L train. But, but don't I don't do live it. in Chicago, but I'm going to say don't do that. No. Yeah. A couple green and pink line stations, I think, sure. that have like crossovers. <laughs> Brand, don't give the high schoolers any ideas. Fine. They're going to start jumping on the trains. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but be an epidemic. Uh, but going back to sort of Brian, what you were talking about, like musically, yeah, it is f- fantastically personalityless. Yeah, because C- like yeah. contemporary musical theater is so weird because we've t- we've alluded to this on several episodes where sort of like culture and music, uh, sort of went off in a direction, and then Broadway refused to go in that direction and kind of mm-hmm. floundered for decades. And now we've kind of come to this place where Broadway and contemporary musical theater doesn't know what it is. It is this strange mix of pop and rock and folk and quote unquote indie music and, and quote unquote like Broadway, like, right. It is like so amorphous as a musical entity that it kind of circles back to being nothing. And I, sadly, I think Tom Kitt who is very talented, has been an arranger on wonderful shows, of course, like the Spongebob musical. Um, So, like, I can't completely hate on the guy. But, like, as a composer, he is someone who, again, I I don't, again, I don't say this as a negative value judgment. Like, I think he has contributed to the amorphous nature of contemporary musical theatre. Like, thinking about something like Next to Normal, which isn't a terrible score, but is that complete confluence of genres into nothing. Mm-hmm. And it even goes to like the, and then like that all trickles down into every element of the music of Broadway, including, and especially I would say like the way people sing now. Yeah. That just oh like, yeah. A lot of which drives me up a fucking wall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, so if you want to speak about like no personality, like every, like there yeah. are, like we've talked about this before, like no distinct, like there is a, Severe lack of distinctive singing personality. 
I was going to say, most of the time I was listening to Heidi Blickenstaff, I thought it was somebody doing my Dina Menzel impression. I know. Well, but no, like, or like an impression of someone else. And then I was like, oh, that's okay. It actually, it always makes me think of that line from like, sorry, but like last five years where she's like, and there's 300 girls belt. I'm not going to try to belt it. My, I lost my belt a long time ago, but belting as high as they can, where it's like, yeah, like there was a certain, when I was, trying to back in the days where I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. <laughs> Lulz. Um, you know, <laughs> I didn't ever have a strong belt and I quickly realized like, Oh, I'm never, I'm just never going to matter in this industry. Cause I don't have a, a mid a mezzo soprano belt. And that's all anyone gives a shit about. Yeah. And so every musical theater person you listen to now, it's like, yeah, like you have like your Renee Lee Goldsberries and your Mandy Gonzalez's who are just like, Oh, they can just like sing like ridiculous notes and do whatever they want. But then you also have like, Everyone else. Ben Platt. Ben <laughs> Platt. Every- ben Platt. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a weird tie-in, just a super quick tangent. Um, yeah. Our Patreon we just released while we're recording this was South Pacific. Mm-hmm. And Nellie Forbush yeah. is arguably one of the first, like, mezzo-belter leads yeah. in major popular. We didn't really touch on that in that. But, like, that's kind of where it starts. And it doesn't. We never, right. like, there's very few that, like, the lead after this is like a lyrical soprano. Sure. A little bit in the 80s, because like Andrew Lloyd Webber was super into that. And even like Schoenberg Bubile um are into that sound. But for the most part, we stay in this like belty, and then it just becomes what I think of now in the post 2000 in the like mid to late to post 2000s as like show choir yeah. sound. Right. It's like show choirs used to imitate or like maybe make worse versions <laughs> of like popular musical and that kind of a thing. And that's where like the idea of Glee Club comes from, and that sort of a thing. I was and gonna say everything has been gleeified. Yeah. Yes, post Glee the show. Now it's like gone back up the line to make musical theater come down to that level. Yeah. Although I will say one thing about that I, every day, and I think I stole this from someone on Twitter, but I just echo it every day. I wake up grateful that Hamilton came out after Glee. <laughs> Give them time. <laughs> We'll get the gritty Glee reboot soon enough. Gritty Glee reboot. Bran, why would you put that idea into the ether? <laughs> it's coming. Stop that. So, like, I get. I got a meeting in LA later today. I gotta go. Uh, no. So, like, what else is happening? I happen- mean, someone did once walk into an office and say, what if Sheldon, but young? And then they made a whole TV show. So, that's. It's true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, what else happens in this <laughs> uh, musical? I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, I can't. Well, there's, there's stuff to talk about here. There's, <laughs> I don't there? know. What are highlight? What are, are there songs that you were like? Oh, this is. I, I kind of was like, oh, biology. I'm sort of into. I don't know if I'm into the song <laughs> itself, but I think it's like the lyrics oh, are cute. I was into like, oh, biology because it's so fucking twisted. Because it's just like a mom yeah, being like, so oh, my sweet. brain is an Wait, adult, but my is, body is uh-huh. a child. Is this yeah. the first <laughs> Freaky Friday that has the mom in the teenage? his body horned up over the guy i think so yeah i think so because she's distinctly not in 2003 yes oh okay well i mean she's like she's into him for his like mind and stuff she's like oh my god he's such a good guy yeah or whatever yeah like this is the one where yeah there's like where the teen mom in teenage body is horny for for guy yes Um, Yes. uh uh-huh and that guy uh fantastically uh compares women to sandwiches in the second act so we love that yeah boy Um, oh boy wait there's another standout song and standout feels like the wrong word not that i thought it was good but just that it kind of blew my fucking eyebrows off in terms of how messed up it is which is parents lie (laughs) 
I, you know what? I, uh, yeah. I musically, wow. like, again, uh, no, 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 because I'm, I mean, it's not I'm wrong. always a fan of the slower songs. Um, I, like, especially in stuff like this, like, when it comes to, like, those mm-hmm. sort of, like, slower ballads, I think they actually, yeah. like, put a little bit of fucking effort into it. So I do like Parents Lie. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like I mean, I just, great. it unsettled me because I was just like, this is being delivered to, like, a seven year old child. <laughs> sure. Where she's like, all par- nothing will be okay. You won't achieve your dreams. Okay, bye. <laughs> but like I'm like but I'm like I'm looking like at the song list and I'm just like I cannot yeah. like when I think back on these songs like musically they like they so, completely run into each other. Yeah, I was going to say I guess the fact that the, those are the only two that I can even remember. Yeah. Should tell me something. Although in busted, the, what the f- which what? is what yeah. I thought the whole musical was pretty busted to me. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Although I will say the decom version ended like I don't, I can't remember because it's all bleeding together. If this is true of the original cast recording, but the um, today and every day, the final song, yeah, it goes on for an absolute yes. goddamn fucking eternity in the decom Indian version. Period. There's like, like four I, songs I left. Yeah, I think I like left the room to prep dinner and I came back it was still fucking playing I was no, like no this thing it's no. like fucking ends like it's over it's like return of the king there are like 5,000 yeah, endings to this thing it took so long yeah. to be over yes um also I like that Savannah's dad is an alderman apparently <laughs> that was weird what yeah that great I don't know one of the characters dad is, is an that? alderman in the city of Chicago cool oh um, but yeah, so, uh, and so yeah, obviously the big device in this uh, is the hourglasses, which now have a uh, a tight. <laughs> Why did he give them such huge fucking hourglasses? I don't know. They're nice and They're big. The big and purple hourglasses. So weird. To remember him by. And also they never explain, they're just like, dad gave these to us, but they never even mention why. Like Where he found these magical objects, we'll we'll never know. Not even where he found them, but like, why were hourglasses significant to him or them or anything? Like, the dad feels like such a, they don't explain the dad that much in the 2003 one, but I still feel like his presence, his like absence is felt more. Whereas in this one, it's like. It feels so much more like a. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta. Every moment is precious. Time. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Um. Also, the young. You would think that I would enjoy that the younger brother is into puppets. Uh. But no, I found it fantastically grating. Um. And was not a fan. (laughs) In the decom one, he's into magic. Yes, and it's much worse. Yes. The gathering. No practical magic tricks. It's a huge bummer for everyone. Yeah, he involved. tries to pull a ma- uh, he tries to pull a rabbit out of a hat, and the rabbit's too big. Um, it is this uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, the joke is that the rabbit's fat. That's the whole joke. Brood joke. Let rabbits do it. That's it. That's the tweet. Um, yeah, but no. Let rabbits delicious. be chonkers. Yes, they deserve it. It's true. They taste better when they're fat too. <laughs> Agreed. Okay, Brian. Uh, and <laughs> Nina. Um, but this musical is also like weirdly anti-weed. Like that comes up like four or five times. Yeah, in the it songs. really does. There's, there's, she's like, "You're smoking pot." She's like, "I." never smoke pot <laughs> and i'm and like then, like uh, he's like you've seen, and then they say the the brothers smoking pot too or something and yeah like, it's there's like a lot of anti-weed sentiment anti-weed. the whole time i was like it's mostly legal now like what yeah. are you fucking talking about yeah Tw- uh, 2017 yeah. y'all it was already legal in like four or five states but yeah um but yeah, yeah I don't, it's from the earth man yeah they treated it like they were talking about crack cocaine and i was uh, like this should, is ridiculous yeah go, yeah, go yeah. back and listen to aretha madness episode if you want more thoughts on on what we think about weed oh, Oh, it's I did great. listen to that one, but it's been a minute. Yeah, it's a fun time. But look, I, this is a word I haven't used in a hot second. But like, 
Yo, this show's a nothing burger. Like, it really is. Mm-hmm. It is like, yeah. it vanishes into thin air as soon as you listen to it. Or, it's like, a shame. Sand in an hourglass. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. It is all That's the really days beautiful. of our lives, Brad. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, like the, mm-hmm. the end of Act 1 conflict is that, like, Fletcher runs away, but then, like, the next scene, like... He reckons, like, the Adam, like, sings about how women are food, and then he comes back. Like, <laughs> that's what I happens. That's such- I was so worried about him at intermission. Oh, my God. I could barely keep down my popcorn. It, it was also so fucking clunky to have, like, the boyfriend character be the one to find him, even though would yes. they have even met? How would he know who this kid is? He's know. just like, hey, child, on a bench. Let's yeah. talk. Like, yeah, let's you, vibe. you have puppets on your hands. I can trust you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Ben makes every friend. That is. I use. <laughs> I bring around my Cookie Monster puppet and my big old yeah. giant teddy bear puppet, and I make friends. And it's we um, met before you did that, and that's why we are still friends. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. Love um, you though. Yeah. yeah I don't know, Brand. Brand. Are there any any other songs that sort of like that hooked you? That stuck with you? Nah. <laughs> No, yeah. no. Nah. The kid and the 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 little brother in the 2003 movie is the funniest little brother out of. He's good. The three, yes. I would say. Yeah. Yes. And I do like Jamie He's Lee Curtis, funny. just like being like, yeah, you'll you'll squirt like uh like rubbing mm-hmm. his heads uh shit like that. Like she's she's good. One of the funniest comedy bits in the 2003 one is when uh they've already body swapped and they walk out of her room. And Lindsay Lohan like gives him like a little like shoulder rub and yeah. like Jamie Lee Curtis like shoves him. Yes. <laughs> He's so confused. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? And yeah. like Jamie Lee Curtis's like pants are falling down and she like pulls yeah. him back up and he's like, oh my God, this is God for yeah. life. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's great. Listen, Freaky Friday, if you want to perform this musical, it's easy, it's fine. It will, it's, it's got name recognition fucking have added. It's like, Nina, I feel bad because I feel like of the three shows that you've come on for, um, they haven't been great, uh, musical adaptations. (laughs) Nope. What? Um, I I mean, at least I was familiar with Legally Blonde because that was a big touchstone, the the musical, because that was a big touchstone for me during my like musical theater nerdy kind of teenage years. But Yeah, the other two, um, it's also funny because I feel like with Little Miss Sunshine and Freaky Friday, they're also two musicals that just never made it anywhere. Yeah, they kind of, yeah, they kind of just, yeah, they they hit hit dead ends and then they vanished. And so it's weird because it feels like listening to a historical relic of like a musical that just never got to exist. (laughs) Um, And this one, so at least the Little Miss Sunshine one was distinctive in that it depressed the shit out of me. that's fair which like i already have That's certainly a lasting impact yeah yeah yeah, i already have i was i was listening to it i was like all right i already have clinical depression you don't have to fucking dig the dig dig in like this hard musical for this one i listened to it and then like you both have said much better than i will it left my brain forever i have no i don't have strong feelings i'm not like it's very bad i'm also like it's not good it just it happened to me and it's over and the only, the really only strong feeling I had in terms of adaptation was the original, the Disney Channel original movie being just so, so condescending to children or yeah. anyone watching it and just being like pathetically dumb. Yeah. 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 That's, it's, yeah. It's, it's just like, there's, there's nothing to it. Yeah. It's, Which it's, is also so disappointing because this could be such a fun, you don't need a, like, like both of you said, you don't need a lot of tech stuff to tell this story. You can have the prop be an amulet. You can have it be 
whatever. And anything, you could make anything, a fun musical. Anything but a fortune cookie. I would sure, say. Okay. Yeah, no, you're but right. a racist stereotype <laughs> yeah, would be nope, great. You're right. I'm wrong. Thank you for that. Um, but saying. yeah, you could have any like magical relic that has no roots in offensive stereotypes. Yes. And that could be the the impetus. And I you even, could also I have even, worked, I, you could have worked the band in because why would you I make know. a musical and have it not be what? a band? That's the most baffling it choice. It's like, so what weird. A, just a, the easiest home run. And yeah. and just like, have them be throwing it right over the plate for and you. Like, yeah. And you're and just like, Kit could write a rocks, a fake rock song. Like, sure. So stupid. It is very, I like, I don't know. Again, like I'm so curious what the mental calculus was of getting to the hunt. Yeah, and just like the fact that like the 2000s, like we said, the 2003 movie was a big hit and it was like a lasting, like I think I had the DVD of that movie. Sure. You I know what I mean? I, like, I, or the VHS even. I actually, I think I bought not long ago, like a two pack that had like Mean Girls and Freaky Friday in it. Yeah, perfect. Well, see, I, we, I, we don't I, have it's, the DVD. It's back home in it. Philly, yeah. But like, it's also a movie that I feel like I still hear people like, uh, uh, a good friend of Ben's and mine, Mary, will often say the I look like the Crypt Keeper line. Sure. Um, yeah. Like, there's still things that... It's not the most quotable movie I've ever seen, but I feel but like there's fun. still things from it that come up. Yeah. It is a movie I would gladly watch again. Um, I considered watching it for a second time today because I just kind of wanted to. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like bummed I didn't save it. You know, I was like, oh, I should have saved that one for last because well, it's, it's like it's, the one I like yeah. best. It's, well, it's interesting. Yeah, because it's like... They don't really pull. It's because it's. They say it's based on the Disney films. They say it's based on all, all three of the Disney film adaptations of Mary Rogers. No, book. it's not though. Um, but that's the thing. Like, yeah. I, like it. It takes the wedding stuff from the two thousand three film. But then, like, yeah. stepdad, the stepdad, dead dad, yeah, stepdad, dead dad. Uh, but like outside <laughs> of that, like. It That's really, the spinoff we gotta write. Step, step dad, 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 step dad, 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 step dad, dad, dad. Nah. Uh, but like outside of that, it really creates most of the rest of its plotting from whole cloth. So I'm just like, and it again, like, it's so weird because Disney, like, it. Uh, you would think I would applaud a Disney product for not being precious with the material it's adapting. Because, like, you know, you like you want to make a distinctive adaptation. You want to make a distinctive product. But like. Yeah, the 2003 film works very well, and it has elements that would mm -hmm. translate to stage very well. And yeah, it just—it's so weird that they went, they they took a different direction. In, well, in, and in, on in your way. point, this is also Disney, which can hire the best songwriters and the best writers for any project that they want. If they had wanted this musical to be a big success, they could have gotten very 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 talented people and giving them a huge paycheck to write a good musical and, arguably, and i feel like they, they were arguably like they did they got the people who just right. won the pullets uh, a decade okay. ago won the pullets true Prize. but they could have picked people maybe better suited to the project as you pointed out sure. you were like that's maybe they're not the right fit sure um right like if the, i feel like maybe disney was like we don't care about this i feel like the reason this feels so half-assed is like it didn't have the backing of the house of mouse which is like the most powerful well again like I said, entertainment conglomerate on earth well like i, I mean, said for they, better for they worse wanted to, they wanted a worse yeah yes. thank you worse um they wanted i, I work for a, a pop culture website i have to remain switzerland in this <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> but i'm making enough. a but i'm making a face at you <laughs> ah. but like again like i alluded to before like they wanted a theatrical property that could be easily put up 
by yes. schools and communities wherever. And they and got it, and it. based on my YouTube search, it seems like a lot of high schools and community leaders do this show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Freaky Friday. They saw a gap in the market that they had not, yeah. that they had a little bit of and a you lack know what? in. Yeah. There is a vertical integration. <laughs> they filled that gap, baby. Oh, yeah. I don't, and I don't know what is better or worse here. I don't know whether it's better or worse for high schools to be doing this very unimaginative musical or to be doing the high school version of Rent. Sure. I mean, there sure. are there are other options, Nina. There are a I'm lot of musicals <laughs> out there. I'm very aware of that, but also like, you know, that for some unimaginative drama teachers, those are the two options. I know, and that stinks. It's oh, it stinks does. real hard, but like, and you that know. and that's the freakiest thing of all. Um, <laughs> so, Nina. Usually, we end our show by asking our guests to uh, create from from whole cloth um, their own film that they will want to adapt for the stage. Now, this is your third time on the show, and before recording, you explicitly said, "Don't you fucking dare ask me that question." I don't have an <laughs> I answer. I said it more politely than that. I know. I'm, <laughs> I am putting some dramatic emphasis on it. That's what oh, I okay. do. Um, Got it. <laughs> so let's. So rather than that, let's talk about Freaky Friday because obviously everyone here we all love the 2003 movie. Um, yes. So if you were to adapt it for the stage, like, I don't like what, like, what are your like dream thoughts for a, a good Freaky Friday stage adaptation? Oof. Okay. Um, well, first of all, keep the band sub. There's not even a question about that. Yeah. So you cut, you cut the, the mystic, um, racist Asian subplot. Mm-hmm. You get rid of that. You have the switch happen through like, I don't know. Jewelry, whatever. You, you I don't can, care. You can even keep the hourglass. Like, it's fine, honestly. Right. I don't know. Maybe they have the same necklace with an hourglass on and they sw- I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care about the device. That's sure. easy to figure out. Hey, the original didn't the even have one. You could just have right. them sing and sing just... the same line in unison. It's a musical. Or you could just have the earthquake. There you, you could go. keep the earthquake. Yeah. That's true. And, and, and maybe it only affects them because magic. Sure. Um, you, keep, you keep the band subplot. Um... Yeah, you age her up so that, like, her having a crush and her kind of having strife with her mom, because I feel like she's much younger in the in the musical than, I think Lindsay Lohan's supposed to be, like, 16 or 17, because I think they talk about, like, you know, college isn't that far off, and she also just seems like she's, like, further along in high school. Um, and you keep more of the aesthetic of the 2003 one. Like, I kind of want it to be, like, a period piece because the clothing in that sure. movie is so wildly specific to 2003. And a lot of it is heinous, and for that, I love it. Those <laughs> low-rise pants that Lohan wears, you know, because every girl had to have very visible hip bones in that era. Like, they did. they're hilarious. Like, keep those ridiculous pants. Keep all of her weird band tees. Keep that bonkersville dress that she buys in jamie lee curtis's body <laughs> like make it a, an early 2000s period piece i'm actually fine with that um i might come to regret that later because it was a terrible fashion era but yeah i think i mean i don't know how to just make the songs funnier um <laughs> and also keep the mom as a therapist i think you need to maintain that because i think that's better than her being a wedding planner yeah. And I think we there's also double like, wedding. It's so weird that there's yeah. two wedding things in that. Right. Like, and I also think yes. the potential for a, a therapist song is funnier because the, sure. the Greek chorus uh-huh. could be her patience. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just like, I feel like really, really. You have just, a song called And How Do You Feel About That? Yes. Or How Does yes. That Make You Feel? How does that, that make you so feel? Good. And how right. does that make you feel? Yeah. It fucking writes itself. Yeah, I'm good. on it. I'm on it right now. Well, and I think the, the last change I would make is like the emotional, the songs that were supposed to be emotional touchstones between the mother and daughter and the musical did not stick at all. Sure. Not yeah. one bit. And it's like, I feel like you have to, it has to be like the sacrifice of the daughter being like, yeah, I'll, I'll marry. But like, I don't know, like I'm not a songwriter. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but figure out a better way to work the emotional core of the 2003 movie into like a final ballad that leads up to them switching back because it's a really good moment and it's totally squandered in the musical and it's, and it, it, it flattens not just the ending, but the whole movie by building to just a nothing burger of a sequence. We love, the worst kind of burger. I'm trying to think of like dream casting, but I don't know enough Broadway people at present. Okay. So that's, yeah. You don't have yeah. to. That's I don't fine. know. I don't know of enough current Broadway people. I feel like I like the, all the people I know who are on Broadway are like 45 now and like, don't perform anymore. Yeah, that's so, fair. Um, yeah. well, we have a better version of Freaky Friday in the hopper yeah. somewhere, somehow, as soon as Disney relinquishes the rights. I don't know. Back to the Mary Rogers estate. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna watch Freaky starring Vince Vaughn tonight, which I is supposed to be good. I, that was actually rec- that and vice versa were recommended to me for this podcast, sure. which I think is a Fred Savage body swap movie. That sounds right. Oh, I think you're I right. do. I want to watch the Jumanji movies because I don't know if they're good, but that's that's the basic premise: is that like Dwayne Johnson is playing yeah. like he is the avatar of like a car of a teenager. And like same. I've with heard like they're Jack- actually pretty funny. Oh sure. Yeah. So that's it, like it's like Dwayne Johnson and uh, Karen Gillian, right? And uh, Jack Black and mm-hmm. Kevin Hart. Yeah, and like, Kevin Hart. Playing yeah. Teenagers. So it's um, like that same kind of humor. I haven't seen any of them, but my friend uh, Brian once cried over one of them on a plane. So I can just you know I can vouch wow. in terms of that. In yeah. the sequel, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson is playing Danny DeVito. So that's. I don't know how well. Okay, I, I, I'm on board for I that. Don't know how well, I don't know how well he plays Danny DeVito, but that is the device of that sequel. So I want to see the reverse of that, I wish that, that was too. reversed. Yeah, uh, yes. exactly what I was just saying. I want to see really Danny DeVito see play reverse. Dwayne Johnson. That's what I want. One day. We'll see. Um, yeah. Nina, do you have anything to plug these days? Um, I recently became the lead news editor at Looper. I think Whoa. last time I was here, I was a staff writer, and I have been promoted um so please read looper so that um i am good at my job but also (laughs) uh, as part of looper i am part of a video series uh the looper video show that we run on youtube twice a week on tuesdays and fridays uh that i do with two of my coworkers, and it's a whole lot of fun and we discuss a different topic every time and we have an amazing editing team that adds funny captions and helps us look smarter than we are and it's a whole bunch of fun so please please check out our videos at youtube.com slash looper. And also I am still on Twitter and I still want you to follow me at Nina Starner. Right. We got it. We got it. Excellent. We got it. I want to thank Brand Moorhead for producing and editing the show. Wait, let me press this button. Uh, oh, oh no! Whoa! Oh, oh no! no. Oh, I want to thank, thank Nina Starner from be, for being here today. I want to thank, uh, Producer Brand Moorhead for editing this show. I want to thank you for listening. 
I want to thank uh, Emily Harrington for our artwork, uh, M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, please be sure to rate us, review us, and subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movie the Musical. And if you want to support the podcast and get some sweet bonus content, much like our South Pacific episode we were talking about earlier, you can go to patreon.com slash movie the musical and consider becoming a monthly member. Um, keep on singing, stay freaky, and let's one, two, three, click this button one more time so we can become one, two, three. Whoa! Whoa! It's so freaky. And I still maintain that is a good bit. I think I switched bodies with my dog.